Come on in, guys. Let's talk about Survivor, season 42. I'm Rod Morgan, and with me is my co-host, the Mrs. Morgan you know, Kate Morgan. Here, we recap last week's Survivor episode just ahead of tonight's episode to get you ready to outwit, outplay, and outlast in 15 to maybe 20 minutes or less, we promise. Kate, let's start how we're going to start every episode with a quick and dirty recap. Hello. Okay, let's get started with episode one, which was a two-hour episode titled Feels Like a Roller Coaster. So as always, our Emmy winner, Jeff, Jeff Probst, he uh, he still brings all the energy from the, the island of Fiji, filmed here for the 10th consecutive season right up front and starts introducing how we're playing this game. I love seeing Probst in the blue shirt, right? You just know that you're about to see new castaways. You're about to see a new season of Survivor. There's hope and joy in Probst's blue shirt, and I love seeing it. So one thing that he mentions right up front is that the entire cast of season 42 has not seen anything from season 41. So they are not aware of any of the twists and turns that take place in the previous season. So he lets us know up front, hey, there are going to be some things that are repeated in this season that I'm not sure they could ever do again. Um, things like the, the the phrases that they have to repeat in order to, to win the idols. I think those would be caught into easily in later seasons. So he lets us know that. And then there will be new things that are added to. I think that this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out as we move forward because one of the things about Survivor is you have these so-called super fans who come on the show and they say that they've watched every season and they've watched it multiple times and they've taken notes and they've studied the outcomes from different ways to make plays and now they are going in blind on a bunch of challenges without having the guinea pigs from previous season. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because there was a lot of wonky stuff that happened in season 41 that I, I think would be very helpful to know in this season that they're totally unaware of. So that twist I do enjoy. So there are three tribes, uh, six people per tribe, 18 people total, already divided before they get to the first destination, which I love. I hate when they start dividing them up when they get to the island. I'm like, let me know. Let's get to the point. The jig is up. Like, we know... You're getting somewhere to the tribes. Let us know. Let's get into it. And so they do. They get straight into the first challenge. So you have the three tribes, which are Taku. Am I pronouncing that right? I believe so. I would say Taku as well. Vati and Ika. So those are your three tribes. So now getting again to the quick and dirty, Ika won the first reward. Taku won immunity. And then Ika ended up in another challenge going to Tribal con- Council. Well, I remember it was, it, was, uh, it was the three teams competed in the immunity challenge and the first two didn't have to go to Tribal right, and Ika right. got last. Right. So Ika is the one who ends up going to Tribal Council. This dude, Zach, who we actually really liked, had some really good uh, asides. Uh, he ended up going, um, was the first to be voted off. But Jackson from the Taku tribe actually went home first due to some medical concerns that weren't addressed until he was actually on the island. They were waiting to see how this medication would plant would pan out. He wasn't totally forthcoming with them. And he got sent home, which was also a disappointment. These were two players I actually really enjoyed. And was looking forward to watching. Yeah, we should probably talk a little bit about Zach and Jackson here since we're not going to really have the chance to ever talk about them again. They're not going to be on the jury. If there is a reunion show, they're not going to get much camera time because that's how the reunion shows always work. you got to be one of the later players to even get talked to on the reunion. But I was excited for Zach Attack. 21 years old, 
right? Big time Survivor fan, really, really good in his confessionals. He was going to bring the truth. He was going to bring the snide little remarks. I was excited for what he might be able to do moving forward. And I'm sure that the producers of Survivor were kind of excited about the story they might be able to tell with Jackson. So Jackson is a... He comes to tell them as his tribe, as they are just around the campfire on what we believe is their first or second night, that he is a transgender man who had initially tried out for Survivor 10 years prior as a woman. And so he talks a little bit about his transition and his relationship with his family and how that had evolved due to his mother being sick and where he is in life and just came across as a very, very sympathetic character and also extremely genuine and very approachable and compassionate and somebody who you wanted to root for because he seemed incredibly kind. The kind of guy who's going to get eaten alive on Survivor. So it's probably best for him that he got to go home this way with a bit of honor. Totally, totally. But he just seemed like a really nice, nice person. And so I was a bit bummed to see him go and he was the first person to leave. And then again, followed by by Zach at Tribal Council. And as quickly as I can survive the Jackson thing real quick, I'll just say this. He basically is on lithium to help him sleep. And as part of coming off of lithium, producers were very concerned about what dehydration and heat and exhaustion might do to him. So they basically came to him and said, hey, man, you told us this two days before coming to the island. We let you come to the island, but now we think it's probably time for you to go home. So nothing bad happens. And so that was his medical evacuation. Yes. Nothing to do with his transitioning or any hormones or anything like that, which I will say Jeff Probst was extremely careful to navigate, and I wondered how he would navigate that with Jackson because he can't talk about it. Legally, Jeff Probst can't be the one to say this is lithium is the reason we're pulling you due to FERPA and HIPAA and all of these different sort of medical regulations that are in place for good reason. But Jackson ended up being very forthcoming about it to Jeff and with his tribe. Probe showed why he's an Emmy winner and a, and a seasoned veteran at this point of 41 seasons survivor. He definitely handled that, and it, it came out pretty well. I was definitely bummed to see Jackson go home. But now let's move on to what we're going to do is our second segment, and we're going to call this the twists and turns. Okay, so we start with the advantage amulets, which are introduced. Bogus name. Yeah, it really, I mean, I love alliteration, but it's like, okay. So we have advantage amulets, which are introduced during the very first challenge, right as the teams get to the beach and are introduced to one another for the very first time. So they're running this challenge in legs. And on the second leg, you have three players who are running to one obstacle and they get stopped by a sign that lets them know, hey, you can be a part of this advantage. We're not telling you what the advantage is, but if you want in, here's what you got to do. So these three players decide, yeah, we want in on this advantage. They then rejoin their tribes. And then once they're back at camp, they read the instructions about what the advantage amulet actually is. And so what that means is... Well, it was an odd scene. Let's let's talk about okay. that for just a second before we tell what the advantage amulets are. Yeah, like you are, you're you're on a sprint challenge, right? They're basically supposed to run from where they're at with their team to pick up a item, retrieve it, and bring it back. <coughs> As they come around the corner, they see that the first person who was in the lead has stopped at this table and has to wait for the other two to come up. When the other two finally come around, it has to be such a weird thought. You're tearing ass around the corner on a challenge, and you see your opponent stop dead. They all stop and read it 
come to the decision that, yes, you know what? We are going to do this. We're going to trick our tribe. We're going to keep these advantages. We'll read them later. There's a bucket of mud and a bucket of blood there so that they can cover themselves to make it look like they actually did something. And the competitors went a little bit too far. I wonder if that's going to come up in the future. Yeah, it, it didn't immediately. And like the 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 two women, so there are three players. Two of them are women and one, one of them is a man. And he decides to cover himself in both mud and blood. Who knows if this is red paint or pig's blood or whatever it is. Um, and comes running back and one of his teammates immediately says, oh my gosh, you, you're you really bleeding. Like, are you bleeding? What's going on? And then it doesn't seem to come up again. And then, like, how do you disguise that much blood? And then you're like, oh, I guess it wasn't me. Well, then who the hell was it if, if you're trying to disguise it later? Now, when the the first episode of Survivor, we're always kind of cut out of a lot of things because we got to keep stuff moving. We got to try to interview, introduce characters, all of the above. So I still wonder that this might come up in episode two. I really do. When we go back to that tribe, they're sitting around talking. Maybe it may come up. So we'll see. So the things we learn about these amulets, though, once the players are back at their respective beaches are that each player is given each player and the, they being Drea from Ika Hi from Vati and Lindsay from Taku. Each of them learn that all of them have this amulet. And in order for the amulet to go into effect, all must be in play for them to have power at the same time. Okay, so the less amulets, then the better, meaning three amulets in play equals an extra vote. Two amulets in play equals steals a vote and one in play equals individual immunity. And so what Rod and I are, are sort of going back and forth on is whether the amulets come into play only when the tribes merge. I say yes, because if they all have to be in play together to have power, you would have to have all of those players be together to play their amulets at once to be in power. So you really want want two of the other players from the tribes to be gone by the time that the tribes merge so then you automatically have individual immunity right and i was that's exactly what i was about to ask about and where i was landing thinking about this more and more let's say that adrea and a Lindsay get voted out of their two tribes even before the merge is high then at that point allowed to just have a straight up individual immunity idol i hope so right because it certainly seems that these things aren't going to be in power until the merge and then it certainly seems like we're going to invite players to stab one another in the back as soon as we merge which they probably would have done anyway so i'm not so sure what the advantage amulets are going to end up meaning in the long run of survivor here i'm skeptical i think it's going to mean individual immunity in the end because i can't see two of them even if there's two of them left in the merge saying, okay, we're going to steal a vote together. I don't see that sort of community happening with two folks from two different tribes who know that they will have more power if they get the other person out with individual immunity and the one amulet left. And then the prisoner's dilemma, as it were, is back from season 41, where you'll have three different people who are chosen at random to go off and climb up a bit of a mountain and then make a decision between saving their vote or risking their vote. And if two of the three risk, then they can win extra votes. If all three, you have the same answer, nothing essentially happens. And we have Jenny, Drea, and... 
Marianne went this time around. So basically what that means is Drea's a bit of a power player at this point, right? She's been on the Prisoner's Dilemma. She's got one of the advantage amulets. So Drea's a power player at this point, but I'm sure the Prisoner's Dilemma will come up numerous times. We don't need to spend too much time on it here. It will come back up, needless to say. Let's move on to familiar tropes, right? The things that we all see coming up through Survivor all the years. I essentially wanted this one to come up the dramatic piano music playing where all of a sudden you hear the piano, we hear the tones coming in and we get a zoom in and there's a flashback to old family photos. Usually as someone is telling their story and we got a, definitely a couple of those in the first episode, we had Jackson relaying the story of his journey to becoming a man. We had Marianne who talked about her immigrant parents and her uh, self as weird and happy as a child. And then we had Daniel who had uh, an injury, which is another familiar trope on Survivor, where he dislocated his shoulder, taking a fall in the first challenge, and you could see him not being able to move his arm. And he still soldiered through. He sure did. He injured his arm on the first leg, and that dude still got on the boat, was still paddling, holding his arm with his other hand into place. Well, like, you can see his other tribemates are kind of like, man, is this bullshit, until finally at the very end of the challenge, medical runs out, and they're like, uh, let's pop this sucker back into place. So Daniel was struggling, and he handled it like a champ. Yeah, I think Daniel's going to be a strong player. I think that guy's pretty strategic, and he showed himself to be certainly tough at that point. And he happens to be a childhood cancer survivor, right? He had leukemia as a kid, and we got that story from him as well. So he tied into the dramatic piano music and an injury. Two familiar survivor tropes knocked off by Daniel in the first episode. I say he's going to be a power player, but... That's something that the Mrs. Morgan, you know, noticed in the first episode. So I always notice in Survivor how, what kind of screen time they're giving to various characters, right? So, and they play it different ways. They're going to give people who are going to be long-term characters lots of screen time and people who are going to be very short-lived characters lots of screen time. So Jackson's a really good example of that. They gave him quite a bit of screen time telling his story and showing us pictures of him with his family and his wife and his journey. And then he's gone, right? Like within the span of, I think, 20 minutes, you hear this story and then you see Probst coming to him and saying, hey, you got to go because of, of this medical concern. So that's a good example there. Then you see Daniel, another character who we'll talk about in a minute, who we really love, Rox Roy. You see quite a bit of his backstory as a stay-at-home dad and with his two children. And so you wonder, okay, I like I like him a lot. Is he going to be around for a while, too? So they that's a very familiar survivor trope, similar to Marianne. Is Marianne going to be around for a while, or is she going to be gone the next episode? Yeah, you got to wonder, right, with the edit on Survivor all the time, you got to wonder, what are they trying to tell me with the edit and what are they trying to give me a red herring with the edit, right? What do they want me to think because of the way they're editing it and what's going to actually happen? That's one of those things that you can always think about as you're watching an episode of Survivor. We're going to close with what we're going to call our people, where we're just going to check in on the different characters, who we like, who's not getting a lot of screen time, who is getting a lot of screen time. And now this first episode, we just got to introduce to folks. So we have Jenny 
who was involved in a puzzle early on that everybody had to do at their beach in order to get a hold of their flint. She was the one who was able to determine that there were 51 triangles on the picture. Do you think you ever would have gotten to 51, Kate? Uh, probably not. I'm not great with puzzles like that. Jenny was also on The Prisoner's Dilemma, and she was the only person who chose to protect her vote so that the other two could risk their votes and then gain more votes during tribal council. Jenny is very smart extremely smart and I really like her because not only is she smart she seems genuinely likable too and that's the other thing with this season is that a lot of these people are genuinely likable like you can usually point out two or three in the first couple episodes you're like I really don't like this person I like Jenny I like Marianne who we already talked about who is one of the most joyful people I think I've ever seen on TV. Perhaps best smile in Survivor history. I mean, honestly, like, Probst points it out as she's walking up to the beach. Like, she just has this huge, cheese-eating grin on her face. And Jeff's like, why are you so happy? And she's like, I'm playing Survivor and talking to Jeff Probst. Why wouldn't I be happy? Yeah, she's one of those rare people. You meet, like, five or six in your entire lifetime who are really, really genuinely that joyful. Marianne's one of them. We talked a little bit about Roxroy um, and him being a stay-at-home dad. Also a bit of a taskmaster. I personally love that. I like that he keeps people on point and doing what they're doing. He's also very reflective about his actions and how that could impact him and things that he wants to work on as a person. But he can't help himself. Right. And he's still finding himself a little bit on the outs. I got I got a feeling right now Roxroy's a little closer to going home than he is to winning. Probably. We mentioned Daniel as well with the dislocated shoulder. Uh, really enjoy Daniel. He seems very genuine. And then a few other players who we haven't mentioned yet... We have Jonathan, who I think looks like Rick Boogs. Shout out WWE fans. And this dude has a world record for pull-ups, chin-ups with a weight. And he's a big dude and knows his strengths. Also seems very, very kind. You have Mike, who I love with his thick-ass Jersey accent. Really, really like Mike a lot. Former firefighter. We've seen a lot of firefighters do yeah. well on Survivor in the past as well, so that, that could bode well for old yeah, Mike. Yeah, I will never not cheer for a firefighter. Who's ever not going to cheer for a firefighter? You also have Romeo, who is a pageant coach, and it's in South Side of LA, I think. Yeah, he's South Central pageant coach, so yeah. those, I, those are some beauty pageants I'd like to see. I wonder I, what kind of talents we got going on in that. I love this little man. I just love this little skinny man, talking about how he's 112 pounds, and I'm like, I am, I am all in it with you, Romeo. And then we also have Lydia, who has no chance in hell of winning this thing. Like, she comes straight out the gate talking about how much she doesn't like sand and sun and she's not athletic. And you know what? She still seems, again, incredibly likable. Yeah, but she's got no business being there. I mean, no business. She's she's going to burn in a second. She clearly, I mean, we'll, we'll see. If Lydia sticks around for a long time, it's going to be because she has one of the greatest social game survivors ever seen. And she talks about how she makes her way around to music festivals all the time. So perhaps she really is good at, at interacting with folks. We'll see. I don't expect much from Lydia. Well, still like her, though. So a lot of likable characters. We didn't mention all of them on this episode, but we do hope to get to... Some of them in the weeks ahead. This is our first episode of Come On In, and we hope that you come on in in weeks ahead, too. 
I look for tonight's episode to be another brutal challenge, right? They keep harping in on how this is different. We're not giving you any rice. The flint can be taken away from you. All the above. The challenge that we saw last week was difficult. I mean, even by survivor standards, all the different weight moving into a boat, out of a boat, onto this, pushing it there. That was incredible. You could tell the guys were absolutely beat. I look for another brutal challenge tonight. Come back and see us next week. We'll be in your feeds Wednesday morning. Until then, enjoy tonight's episode.